The window for franchise tagging NFL players opens today. Which players will and should get the franchise tags in the 2023 offseason? Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and make sure you are subscribed up stop right now hit the subscribe button if you're watching on youtube the brand new youtube channel for peacock and williamson if you're on the locked on nfl channel which was our former home on youtube make sure you go over to our new home which is youtube.com slash at peacock and williamson and you will find our new channel make sure you're subscribed up there and if you're listening on the audio platforms head over to youtube and subscribe just in case and sometimes Maybe it'll be nice to see your uh, ugly mugs when you're listening and watching <laughs> this podcast. Talking about the entire NFL daily here, all off-season long. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. And speaking of off-season, we are in off-season mode, Matt. Lamar yeah. Jackson's going to get all the headlines here uh, as the – Tag franchise tag and transition tag window opens today. We're going to talk specifically about some of those players that uh, could be more or less likely to get the franchise tags this offseason. But but first, just to, to go through the the offseason schedule a little bit here on February 21st today, the franchise tag opens and they have to have those franchise tags figured out in a couple weeks here by March 7th before free agency begins on March 15th. Then we got the combine coming up as well next week. Yeah, it, I'm so impressed with the NFL schedule year-round. I, I mean, there is like a five- or six-week stretch where we all can do our vacations, and that seems to be shrinking every year, too. But they, 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 they pattern it out so well that there's always something on the horizon. You know, today, we're probably going to get somebody's franchise tag information. Tomorrow, two more will pop. And then oh, it scatters throughout the course of the week. And then... You know, this Le'Veon Bell's unhappy he got franchise. Is he going to sign it or not? Uh, sign and trade on Lamar. I mean, I'm making stuff up, but you don't understand what I'm right. saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and last year, or two notes here. Next week at this time, we, we always record this around noon Eastern when we can. I'm going to be in a SUV traveling to Indianapolis on the way to the combine. I'll be on the air there for six hours a day for the entire week on Radio Row. And it's, you know, tons of stuff happens that week. And I remember my year with the Browns and it seems like a million years ago and it's a little incriminating, but I didn't even understand the NFL schedule at that point. I mean, I thought like, man, you know, we're getting ready for the year, just got hired. I can kind of ease into this thing. And before you know it, people be like, got your UFA grades, you know, what do you do? So I'm like, wow, you know, things happen quick around here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the buildings aren't quiet right now. Oh, tons of work going on. Yeah. And, and a lot of work has been done and decided on some of these players and their offseason plan has been put into place and being put into place so they can execute it when the dates 
actually hit. Um, so, and yeah, and shout out to the NFL's schedule makers for leaving a little bit of gaps in time in there for Williamson to be driving around the country <laughs> going to volleyball tournaments. I didn't know the Williamson family. I thought there Ooh. would be football players in the family. We got volleyball players. We have volleyball players. I'm 6'3", very slow-footed, but good hands. I was always a good interior you know, post player on the court. Not real good change of direction guy. Good passer out of the post. Uh, I married a lovely woman who also is, is rather tall, and both her brothers are taller than I am. They're both 6'5"-ish with giant feet, and my kids are taking after all of us in that they're slow-footed, tall, long, lean volleyball players. So they've kind of found their niche, but... It's been insane, though. I, I went to Washington, D.C. with my daughter for a three-night three tournament over the holiday weekend. Got back last night. And then I'm going back that direction to Virginia with my son on Friday. Get back Sunday night. Get all my old or dirty clothes out of the, the, the bin and you know repack. And then hop in a car for Indy for the week. So I'm the traveling man these two weeks. Franchise tag window opens mm -hmm. today. That has to be decided on by March seventh then we've got uh, uh march 15th we've got franchise or the new league year begins and yeah. there's that tampering period from the 13th to the 15th where teams can negotiate and teams are always tampering so they made that legal the legal tampering starts on the 13th the official start of the new league year starts on march 15th and that begins free agency then you've got you know through march and april the 30 visits for teams the combine is next week obviously so that's going to be a huge week williamson will be in indianapolis and so we'll have some fun there talking about what's going on in indy with our shows next week and, and uh, heading into the draft process. And then of course, April 27th through 29th is the, the NFL draft. So can't yeah. wait. They'll never sleep. It's going to be a fun off season. Yep. Absolutely. Like you said, we have franchise stuff to discuss now. Uh, combines in a week. One thing that you didn't mention, which doesn't start off like gangbusters, but college pro days can start on March 7th. I mean, before you know it, you'll flip on NFL network and DJ will be at LSU's pro day or something, you know? So those things happen quick. And then you mentioned the start of the league year. Not everyone realizes that's when free agency opens. March 15th through the rest of March is a whirlwind. I mean, it's probably the most activity at any point in the league year, except for draft night, you know, March 15th through the 20th or so. Like I just check my phone like every 10 minutes. And, and probably even more because there's so much draft work, free agency work, yeah. calls, agents, and like a lot happens during the draft. But usually, you know, by the week before the draft, teams are done, their board is set. It's yeah, right, right. you know, they're, they're not messing with it. They're just ready to execute the plan that was put mm -hmm. in place. There's so much with the plan that is going on with everybody and everybody's building, uh, you know, through March, which is which is pretty wild and, and, and pretty fun. And that's why this league is so fun to cover every single day. Absolutely. And kind of what I meant by that is by us as consumers of, oh, this guy went to Washington. This guy went to Chicago. Oh, the Bears are on the clock, you know, but you're right. I mean, in terms of busyness inside the walls of the building. I bet March 10th through March 22nd is the craziest time, would be my opinion. You know, because, oh, we thought we got this guy locked up to a contract. Oh, no, he went to the Eagles. We got to find another safety now. You know, I mean, it's crazy. And before we get to the specific players here with the franchise tag numbers, I just want to go through the position groups and what the franchise yeah, tag yeah. dollars are for players of different position groups and it's pretty stark and you see where things are with the league and what players at different positions are being paid and uh, there's a couple of positions that actually have surprised the heck out of me uh, number one we we know that quarterbacks make the most the franchise tag number this year is 32 and a half 
million dollars. If you want the exclusive, this is the non. We're going to talk mostly about non-exclusive franchise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the exclusive thing might be just for Lamar, and that's probably about it. Maybe some other guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and the exclusive exclusive will go up into the forty millions uh, dollars range for Lamar Jackson at quarterback if they were able to do that. But the non-exclusive franchise tag number this year at quarterback thirty two and a half million dollars. Would you have guessed that linebacker is the second most at twenty point nine million dollars? Wow, let's look at that yeah. now, and that that blows me away because, well, first of all, things get a little hairy. I always talk about Jimmy Graham saying. Don't franchise me as a tight end. I haven't blocked anybody in five years. I'm a wide receiver. But, well, you walk in the tight end room every day. You're a tight end. On back your football card, it says CE or tight end. So I wonder, linebacker and defensive end are both very high. What is TJ Watt? What is Vaughn Miller? Because the dudes that back the line – hate. it's a Steeler thing that I the people around here hate me for. I'm like – TJ Watt, Joey Porter, Jason Gilden aren't outside linebackers. They don't back any line. I don't care if you call it a 3-4 or not. It's really a 5-2. You know, and everyone's like, well, they need another linebacker. And, you know, what's a pet peeve of mine? The people that yeah. back the line are not worth $20 million. You know, to your point, I wonder what some of these dudes qualify as. You know, yeah. it, positionless football makes this a little bit hairier than it used to be. Yes, and and the whole reason it was called a three four defense and not a five two five two is much more accurate. It was called right. a three four defense. I believe that started in college because of recruiting, because guys wanted to be called a linebacker. And ah, I never knew that. I'm going to use that. That's the way bit. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, you're not backing any line. Who are you? So, uh, a defensive end would be next. So we're looking at edge guys mostly is mm-hmm. why that number's so high, which is also why off ball linebackers won't get franchise tag because it's a bigger number than just signing the guy. No, oh, right. It's a great point. Right. Uh, wide receiver, actually, I-, I take it back. Wide receiver is just a smidge more than defensive end. Wide receiver is the new big money position in the NFL. We've seen it skyrocket very recently. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about what you're able to do as a franchise with a quarterback on a rookie deal. I think we're starting to look at that at wide receivers. If you've got a star wide receiver that's still on a rookie deal, that is gold in the NFL right now. $19.7 million is the franchise tag number for wide receivers. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because with all respect to Drake London and Garrett Wilson and Alave, all of whom look like they're better than I thought they were, or Jahan Dotson's a great example last year. Like, with Jahan Dotson gone in the first round five years ago, you know, but now it's like I want a cost-controlled, talented young receiver so I'm going to pay higher up for him in the draft so I don't have to go give Jacoby Myers $25 million, You know what I mean? Like, Because he's the best guy on the market. So wide receivers are maybe second behind quarterback, to your point, in terms of maybe I can afford one Tyree kill, but I can't have two of them. And like the Bengals will be a really interesting example how they handle that. And with the whole defensive end, edge rusher, linebacker thing, offensive line is another weird one because interior offensive linemen and and tackles are very different. And it's just one number for offensive linemen, which makes it much more likely a tackle would be tagged than, say, a center. Uh, 18.2 million is the number there. Corners are 18.1 million. Uh, And then you've got the lowest number of positional, you know, then it goes, you know, uh, safeties, then tight ends. The lowest number is running backs at $10 million, just a hair over $10 million. And then, you know, behind that is is punters and kickers at at 5 million. We don't think we have to talk more about that number. No, no. And let's get to the players here. But one note that you mentioned was the O-lineman. So hypothetical, I guess like Quentin Nelson, you know, was the best guard in the league, young player coming off his fifth year option, but I can't franchise him and give him tackle money or, you know, the best center in the league. Like 
it, it should be interior and tackles. They're totally different beasts. Absolutely. And we should, we've done it with the draft process, but I think with some of this other stuff in the league, interior defensive line, edge defensive line. Right. 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 And then linebackers are straight off ball guys. Yeah, exactly. And All right, let's do that. Come on. Tighten it up, folks. Even tight ends getting blurry. I used the Jimmy Graham conversation. And now slot corners, you know, the the little Mike Hilton types are becoming extinct. And those are really safeties, you know. So mm-hmm. if you're an exclusive safety slot corner, hey, I went paid like a corner, not a safety. Next, Lamar Jackson's the big one. We will start there. All right. To franchise tag or not to franchise tag. Lamar Jackson, and some other names around the league that could get the tag in 2023. Next. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and calories, and I know you are, then you got to try Built Bars. Unbelievable flavors. I don't know how Built does it, but you got to look at the macros for some of these flavors of Built Bars, which is a, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, essentially. Flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and it is delicious. But most Built Bars have only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein anybody on a diet regimen that is trying to get healthy trying to work out knows you need a lot of protein in your life and you don't want all the calories and you don't want all the sugar plus protein helps keep you satisfied so you're not hungry and reaching for another snack unlike empty calories of some snacks so get rid of the bag of chips get rid of the candy bars get rid of whatever that thing you might be snacking on whether it's in your pantry in your desk at work replace those with built bars so you can feel good about a tasty treat that doesn't derail your diet. And of course, you can get all the flavors of Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can find them on your local store shelves as well, including your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Get a four-bar box of flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs in the pharmacy section of Walmart today. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Then you can thank us later. And of course, you can find all the varieties and all the flavors at Built.com. Thanks once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification button on the brand new Peacock and Williamson standalone YouTube channel. Doesn't change anything for any of the other podcast apps out there, but if you want to see us, and I would, I would not, I would understand if you don't want to see us. <laughs> it ruins a lot of the suspense and, and kills the do, dream. Yeah. Catch us on YouTube. We have a brand new YouTube channel that is just the Peacock and Williamson channel, no longer on the Locked On NFL channel. So check it out and subscribe to that today. We thank you very much for it. Matt, Lamar Jackson. This is the offseason story until the NFL draft, basically. And there's there's been rumors that they're $100 million apart, guaranteed money. The Cleveland Browns screwed everything up for everybody with quarterbacks and all the guarantees now. And... Then Lamar Jackson, who doesn't have normal representation with agents as well, changes the the dynamic with this negotiation, too. So this is one of the most interesting negotiations we've ever seen in the NFL. And it's really feeling like it's rapidly heading toward a franchise tag while they figure this thing out for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we didn't mention this last week, and I can't confirm this is exactly how it went down. But I did want to talk to you, bring it up. The Todd Munkin hire, first of all, I think he's a very good offensive mind. But there's two little stories I heard that I don't know if they're true, but other people have been saying it too, is apparently Harbaugh sat down with Lamar or called Lamar and said, these are the 
three, four, five guys we're thinking about for offensive coordinator. What do you think? And Lamar basically said, I don't care. Do what you want. And, and then and then the other thing I guess they told Munkin was they never mentioned to him who his quarterback's going to be. <laughs> like, okay, I'm in. I don't know who my quarterback's going to be, but seems like a good job. Ravens are a good organization. So if there's any truth to either one, this is getting weird. It's wide open. All yeah, options yeah, yeah. on the table. And then if you're the, the Baltimore Ravens, and it clearly it doesn't look like, and who knows, maybe there's some big negotiation will happen in the next few days and we'll we'll hear that that a deal is is mostly agreed to. But right, right. you are Lamar Jackson, and you're any player really in the NFL. Most players in the NFL, if they especially if they have bargaining power and a star quarterback does, they want to become a free agent. Talk to all the teams, sure. Gets you the most money, right? And so the Baltimore Ravens want to be able to control that process and and not let that bid up happen until they know that they can't get something done and then they would get something back, which means they're going to franchise tag him. So then the question is, do you slap the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson and then he can negotiate with teams? And if someone signs him, then uh, you basically they're negotiating for you if you are the the Ravens and then you just match that offer sheet and you sign Lamar Jackson back if you're the Ravens. So you just let, it's like, okay, the negotiation isn't going well. We think the negotiation is going to go the same with other teams anyway. So go ahead. We'll sign an offer sheet if you want, and then we'll match it. And if you, and if the Ravens don't match it, then of course uh, they would be get, they would get two first round picks back from that team that, that signed him to an offer sheet that he would eventually sign to. But that's if you are the Ravens thinking, let another team negotiate and we're going to match it. Mm-hmm. If you actually want to trade Lamar Jackson, I think the non-exclusive franchise tag is the way to go because then you have to grant him the ability and a team can't just sign him to an offer sheet and sign him away. They would have to come back to you with right. the non-exclusive franchise tag, even though it costs you more. The hope would be that you're not carrying that number on the salary cap all season, but it would hamper you to start free agency because that franchise tag number would be $10 million more than it would be on the non-exclusive franchise tag. Yes. So I do think he will get the exclusive one and is the only one out there that will. They're they're rare, um, kind of as you laid it out. You know, you don't want other teams negotiating it. I, I'm not exactly sure how the CBA works, but I remember like when Steve Hutchinson went from the Seahawks to the Vikings, he was on franchise tag and the Vikings put this poison pill in the contract knowing that Seattle couldn't match it and they end up getting Hutchinson. Like those things don't happen anymore. But I don't want another team doing a deal for my quarterback or, you know, then two firsts isn't enough for Lamar, especially right. if it's a good team too. you know, like if one of the, if they're not going to be early and frankly, 45 million a year is what he's worth. You know, it's not like, boy, we're vastly overpaying him where it gets hairy for you, though, is Lamar doesn't none of these guys have to sign it. I mean, they can just let it sit there forever and just not be football players for a while or. What happens next year? Because if you franchise them a second year, it gets Kirk Cousin-ish and it just explodes. Yes, and then you do the the two franchise tag thing and then you become a free agent. Maybe that's what Lamar's it's so finding. bad, right? Maybe right. Lamar's like, sure, just franchise tag me and then franchise tag me again and then I'll be a free agent and then, then I'll get my guarantees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's sort of the thing. If you're Baltimore, you don't want to give him guarantees and you let other teams bid on him. You might only get two first round picks back, whereas you probably would be asking for more than first two first round picks for Lamar Jackson. And a team might be willing to do a crazy contract that you're not willing to do, whether it's upfront money that you can't afford and it would screw up the rest of your team 
or you know, not quite the poison pill situation that we've seen in years past. But there's a lot of things that a team could do, and, and especially would be the guarantees as the thing that right. you and the agent knows this because the agents or you know, and Lamar knows this, and every you know, whoever's negotiating will know this is like, look, this is the thing that Baltimore doesn't want to do. So if you put this in my contract, mm-hmm. they're probably less likely to do it. So that's why it gets dicey letting another team negotiate for you and just matching whatever that offer is, or that maybe the Baltimore Ravens are like, well, in the end we want to sign him. And so we'll, we'll cave on it, but let's just see if another team's willing to do it. And then maybe he'll find that maybe nobody's willing to do except for the Cleveland Browns. We're the only team willing to do all those guarantees. And then when mm-hmm. Lamar finds a deal, then the Ravens will say, cool, we'll sign that. We'll sign you that deal and match it. And, and we're good. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, real quick. I meant to open the show with this with the segment. Players don't like being franchised because they want to get on the open market. They want to get recruited. They want to get wooed. They want the big signing bonus. They want the freedom to pick their next contract, their next city where they're going to move their families or live or play, you know, all those things. I get that. But franchise tags are guaranteed. I mean, the second you sign it, if I know none of them apply this way, you don't get it all at once. But if you sign a franchise tag and it's worth $17 million, Every week during the season, you get a check for a million dollars, even if you don't have a kneecap anymore. You know, like if you get hurt, you're still getting paid, you know. It's not so Very bad. interesting one. Very interesting one with Lamar Jackson. And, and in my opinion, they'll tell us a little bit about what they think Baltimore will if the Ravens give him the non-exclusive or the exclusive tag. The non-exclusive, to me, makes it more likely that he stays because yeah. they can match the offer, and that's probably what their plan is. Because you know the two first rounders mm-hmm. might not be enough. If it's the exclusive franchise tag, that tells me that the Ravens are, are considering trading him. It might allow him to talk to other teams, and if that happens, um, a team's got to pony up whatever the Ravens are asking. You kind of hinted around this, but I know your quarterback won't like it and it may have bad ripple effects in your locker room. So there is a human element to this, but if you franchise him at 45 million this year, he gets every dollar that he plays it out this year, franchise him again at, I think it's 10% more than that or whatever it is. It's another big number. And then you say, well, you're not the player you used to be. You don't, you don't really, you run a four or five instead of a four, two, we got two great years out of you over and out. That is that that's why it's headed toward franchise tech because yeah, yeah. I, and and look and, and we've talked about this before and people want to always make someone a villain in, in everything. No, it's just right, this right. is the game, you know. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I understand why the Ravens don't want to go crazy with guarantees. Right, right, right. Lamar, I mean, you've already seen Lamar get hurt the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. right? There's a reason that that you don't want to go to guarantees in the NFL and why they're not part of most contracts. And you can't fault Lamar Jackson for wanting the most money and and whatever whatever's best for him. Absolutely. So, one of the flaws of my plan, though, are I'm not saying Lamar dogged it at the end of last year, but he didn't play in the playoff game. He didn't play down the stretch. There's not a lot of incentive for a franchise player to be like, "Well, should I play week 12 or not? Mm, maybe not." Right. Yeah. To play through something. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Especially if you're, you're you're trying to get that deal, you don't want to hurt yourself worse and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the team, they look at it like, well, we need, we're, we, <laughs> our, we want to pay you $45 million a year. So you'll be the quarterback for us in the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. And if you're not available in the playoffs, 
how can we sign you long term, right? Yeah, if that's going to be something that's ongoing. So this would be just, super interesting, though. This makes for one of the most interesting negotiations uh, we've really ever seen, no. and it'll be a huge story all off season long. And as there's news, we will report it for you daily here on Peacock and Williamson. Let's look at some of the other names that are maybe somewhat likely to be franchise tagged by their NFL teams. Coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And, of course, you can bet on tons of NFL football still, even though the NFL season is already over. You can bet on next year's Super Bowl winner. You can bet on tons of draft props as well as at FanDuel. But, of course, it's the NBA season now. Midway point, getting post-trade deadline, post-All-Star break, which is when things really start to get going in the NBA season for those playoff pushes and new customers can now get a no-sweat first bet when you're betting on NBA or whatever it is you're betting on at FanDuel. No-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. Love the website and the app. They are super easy to use. And bet on everything. Money line, point scores, threes drained in an NBA game. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with same game parlays and build your own parlays at FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Aside from Lamar Jackson, Matt, Mm -hmm. we've got names like Caleb McGarry, who's was almost a draft bust as a late first-round yeah. offensive tackle for the Atlanta Falcons, right tackle, and tackles get a lot of money, Matt, and that number is uh, north of $18 million to franchise tag Caleb McGarry, who had a really good season last year. If he played four years' worth of his contract like he played last year, this would be a no-brainer tag or a big-money free agent, but one year makes this one a little bit more dicey is it as it pertains to Caleb McGarry getting tagged at 18.2 million dollars especially when you look at uh maybe what he would be getting on the open market open market being less but you only have one year to go on so it's like okay long term 15 years per big signing bonus or let's see one more at 18 million and then maybe next year ends up costing you more I know most people are saying he's not going to get tagged I think he's like the perfect guy to tag because I just checked he's 27 years old he turned 27 last week happy belated Caleb. And you're right. I mean, I didn't love the pick when it happened, but you'd overdraft tackles. It took him a little while to come around. He fits the system. Well, I want him one more year before I really invest heavily in him because he's only had one good one and 18 million sounds like a ton, but for a 27 year old top 20 offensive tackle, is it really? And the Falcons have tons of money. I would tag him. Yeah. The money doesn't hurt you. And it doesn't mean you can't still get a deal done. With him, right? Long-term. You can talk to him the whole time, and who knows how crazy the money will get for teams? Every team in the league just about needs an offensive tackle. So um, that's a going rate. He yeah, might get and, more than that on the open market. <laughs> but what and, would the and, Bears and, give him? And if you, but if you're the Falcons and you believe the the real Caleb and Gary's the guy you saw last year, then you're probably still trying to get a deal done. But if you can't, mm-hmm. then. I, I don't think franchise tags out of the question for Caleb and Gary, even though it might be even more than what he would get on a per year basis. Agreed. Let's buzz through these. There's a bunch of good ones here. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Buffalo Bills. What do you think? Seventeen point four no. million dollars is the the uh, the looking like a, tr- a transition tag, which is less than the franchise tag. Are you saying no to any tags 
for Tremaine. I don't think it can because they have Poyer up. They just gave Milano big money. Um, He is coming off his best year. I want him and his brother to come to Pittsburgh. So that's you know a little bit of a factor, but that's okay. <laughs> we like the brothers here. Um, I think that's a no. I think he walks. I just think that the Buffalo needs a lot of stuff and they can't have that much tied up in Milano and Edmonds. I actually agree. The, the, the off-ball linebacker number is just a little bit too high there for me. And you got to yeah, let him walk. Right. You got to keep developing linebackers because you got to spend on some other, I think, more impactful positions for your football team. Absolutely. To build around Josh Allen, if you don't know. Uh, similarly, Jesse Bates. I mean, safeties are expensive. And he was already tagged once. It's 120% of last year's tag, so it would be $15.5 million to tag Jesse Bates again at safety for Cincinnati. And he hated it last year. Not that it matters, but he complained and held out and all that. They drafted Dax Hill. I think this is a no. I think he hits the open market, and you look at it like the Bengals and say, we got a lot of good years out of this guy. We'll get a comp pick when he signs somewhere else. They got a contingency in place there uh, with with – you know, and again, again, good teams with expensive quarterbacks upcoming got to start to cut and positions like safety. It just feels like that's where you can't spend if mm-hmm. you're the, the Cincinnati Bengals and keep some money to try to, you know, keep T Higgins around. And of course, you right, got some right. big deals to do on that football team. How about Tony Pollard running back for the Dallas Cowboys here? Ten million dollar franchise tag, but he's injured, too, which puts another little damper on things. So I want to lump Pollard, Josh Jacobs. And Saquon Barkley. And I would tag them all because you're the biggest proponent of this. And I 100% agree with you. Do you really want to give a running back a three-year deal? You know, I mean, you're probably not going to be happy after an, after a year or so. $10 million for Josh Jacobs, Barkley. And I, and I don't think Pollard's quite in their neighborhood, but there's a lot of good seasons left. Just rent them. Rent running backs. Don't buy them, you know? Right. And especially if the per year is going to end up being, you know, $10 million, you know, $12 $12 per year that, you know, uh, Chris McCaffrey's deal is I think the most in the league and he's getting 12 million per year. If you're Saquon Barkley, you're going to ask to be paid more than that. Right. So right. it's a no brainer for Saquon Barkley. For someone like Tony Pollard, I could see arguments either way. Yeah, um, I know. But playing it year to year makes sense because you're not long-term strapped to a guy with a, you know, with just, it's the attrition at the running back position. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. And so a guy gets hurt and now you, ha- you, you, now you're spending all this money for a couple of years and can't get out of a contract. But if you could do a deal that's three years, not five years, that maybe keeps the, the first year number low, backloaded, not a ton of guarantees, so you could still get out of it, then I could see. But, you know, running backs probably don't want to sign that deal because they'll see it coming and be like, well, I'm not going to see year three of this, which is where most of the money is. So that doesn't make much sense either. So uh, in the end, I think you're right. A lot of these running back tags, I think, might end up happening. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs for $10 million for a year? Sure. We, even if we're rebuilding, he's still a really good player in his prime. That's very worth it. I think generally most tags don't end up happening uh, around the league. So I'm going to run through some of these that are less likely, and, and mm-hmm. you tell me which names that you think, yes or no, are going to happen. How about Dalton Schultz for the Dallas Cowboys? No, because he has, he would get 120% because he got it last year. And you only get one per team in case our listeners don't know. It would go to Pollard over Schultz. I think he hits the open market. Juwan Taylor, kind of similar to Caleb McGarry in a way, where it's like somewhat of a disappointing player. Uh, It would cost $18 million, but he had a good year. You got to protect your young quarterback as well. So you've got to think about not just the player in a vacuum. You got to think about the whole offense and young Trevor Lawrence in all this. I don't think so. I just don't think it passes the sniff test for me. Is he good enough to be a franchise player? I lean towards no. 
Evan Ingram, super interesting one for Jacksonville. Um, they, yeah, they, they got him on a deal last year because he had been a disappointment and then he had a great year and it's like, well, shoot, now do we, uh, you know, now do we re up him to something huge? Do you just franchise tag him one more to see what that looks like as he developed the rest of the offense that this, this one, I think be somewhat possible just because the number's not huge 11 million for a tight end. That's the beauty of it. I think he made, I think his, his deal last year was a one year, $10 million deal. And that's when you didn't, weren't sure if he's good or not. So give him a million and a half raise and you, right. you, you done, forget about it. Yeah. And obviously, if they tag Ingram, they can't tag Taylor anyway. So that might be True. a really easy decision for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, or here's another big one: Orlando Brown, left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, already like franchise tag last though. year. So yeah, we're talking twenty million dollar tag this year. I mean, you're, you're in it to win it. You don't want Mahomes to get killed. Orlando Brown is nowhere close worth the twenty million to me. I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. I think I would sign Wiley and draft a tackle or two at the end of the first and second round. And if I had to, I'd say, Hey, Joe Tooney, you might have to play left tackle for a year. A couple more quarterbacks. I want to talk about uh, to end this in Daniel Jones and Geno Smith, but real quick, first, a mm-hmm. couple of quick yes or no's Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I've seen, I think that's a no for you know, 14, a no too. Yeah, 14 and a half million for Chauncey. Gardner. Really good player, but I think they'd be able to sign him for less than that. And um, mm-hmm. even, even if he walks, I, I just think, you know, he's a good player take the take the comp pick you know yeah and you're gaining on based on what you you paid for him in the first place if you're the the philadelphia eagles i think javon hargrave has a better chance of getting it from the eagles but i think in the end they're both no's they don't have a lot of money another tackle you mentioned hargrave uh, another interior guy Derome Payne. they've got a million first round draft picks over there on the defensive line they might start losing some of these guys it's a possibility he's gonna get paid extremely well he's an ascending player I think that's a 50-50 one. That's probably the toughest one for me. I would totally understand it. And the other thing, as we mentioned with Lamar, is you could sign him and listen to trade talks too. Get something out of him, you know? Geno Smith and Daniel Jones, uh, a couple of quarterbacks that have had, you know, basically one good year as a starting quarterback in each of their respective NFL careers. I I would be... If I'm the New York Giants, no way I'm paying some huge long-term contract for Daniel Jones. Yeah, if he's no. asking, he might be asking for $32 million a year anyway, which I would say no to. I don't even like paying him for one year $32 million a year. Uh, I would Honestly, I would let Daniel Jones hit the free agent market. Maybe I'm crazy and teams value him way more than I would, but uh, that's a no for me. And uh, that's a, okay, talk to some other teams and come back because I guess I bet you're not going to get that offer from anybody. That's that's the way I look at it. Gino okay. only has value to the, to the Seahawks, I think. I think so too. Like I I assume they'll franchise him if need be. And just, that just buys them time to talk contract. I think he'll be a two year deal, maybe 30 million a year for Gino, which sounds insane, but that's going to be the going rate for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just end on Daniel Jones. I mostly agree with you because I don't think he's worth a three year deal at the market value, but something has to pop here soon for the Giants because they can only tag Barkley or Jones. You know, I think they'd like to bring both back. I'm with you. I don't think I would. I bet he makes more than $32 million a year, though, Jones, which is bad business to me. But I bet he's getting like thirty-eight a year on a three-year deal, which I think they'll regret. Wow. That's, wild. That's my prediction, yeah. What a time to be alive. All You'd right. love to franchise Barkley, you know. 
Right, right. Instead of extending them. That's true. Yeah, because some of these teams have multiple players to decide on. If they mm-hmm. want to use a tag, you can't use it on both. And and to me, I'm I'm franchising Barkley for sure. If I'm the New York Giants, so that means you you might have to uh, go to free agency with Daniel Jones. Yeah, and I mean it's a small compensation, but you would get a nice comp pick for him because he's going to sign a huge deal. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Let us know about your team's franchise tag ease. And we've got our Wednesday mailbag segment on tomorrow's podcast as well. So hit us on Twitter at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. And make sure if you do nothing else, go subscribe to the brand new Peacock and Williamson NFL show YouTube channel. It's at YouTube.com slash at Peacock and Williamson, or you can go to our Twitter handles and find the link there at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL while you get your Twitter questions in. And we'll talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.